Welcome into the NBA Morning Deuce. Getting that timing down a little bit when that uh, music kicks in for the video. We had it perfect in the first couple videos and now it's a little like a second off. So for those of you who are just listening to the audio, we were on screen for about a second and Alex did the finger guns. Finger guns, yep. Yeah, if you're if you're only listening to the the podcast, just straight up audio, you're missing some good stuff out of me. Some great My hair's a guns. mess. I'm doing finger guns left and right. Um, I, I would check out the YouTube video. Yeah, I w- I've never, I've actually never probably worked with somebody who is so concerned about how their hair looks, adjusts their hair so much, and then it just looks the same. Still looks terrible, right? No, yeah. no, it looks fine. What's it looks that? fine. Just raggedy. I don't know. Uh, wow. I didn't know you were so vain. I bet you I think this either. podcast is about you. This. Yeah, I, I, apparently I'm very vain. Yeah, you totally missed that reference. But anyways, I'm gonna <laughs> welcome to the NBA Morning Deuce for uh, December 9th, Wednesday. We're in the middle of training camp. No COVID updates today. Uh, so I guess that's a good thing. No major COVID updates other than James Harden is in Houston and has taken a COVID test, according to Steven Silas, according to the Rockets organization. We're going to talk about James Harden today. We got to. That's like the biggest, that's, that's what's going on. A lot of stuff going on, a lot of camps, a lot of sound we could play, you know, people addressing the media every day, sound bites coming out from different camps, different places, you know, different storylines. But, you know, we got to talk about James Harden. Still don't really know what's happening there. Uh, ESPN did their their annual troll list where they troll all NBA fans and come out with their top hundred, which is meant for people to just get angry about. And of course we're going to talk about it because they only released, they release it, uh, the top or they, they release a hundred to 51 and then they go 10 at a time. I think every, for the next few days. So today they released 10 to 51. There's, there's one like just egregious ranking. The rest of them are kind of, there's some interesting ones, I think, but, We'll talk about that briefly. Uh, LeBron James was on Road Trippin', uh, Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry's podcast, which is a, it, that that was sort of the pod that sort of started athletes doing podcasts. In in my view, I I think like they did theirs and it was so good that every athlete, just particularly NBA players, but like I don't remember there being an NFL like players podcast. I feel like they like sort of revolutionized the podcast game in terms of athletes. And then, and when you watch it, you kind of forget because they've been around for so long. They're so good. Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry are awesome. But LeBron did a two, they did an interview with him. It got released in two parts. The second part came out yesterday and he said some really interesting stuff in it. So towards the end, we'll, we'll talk about some of that stuff, but the something went viral today on the twitter okay and on twitter not another uh you can hear talk about viruses things going viral these days you yeah no no not around. that not that um it's footage from camp so and unfortunately if you haven't seen it once we start talking about it you should go ahead and, ch- and check it out we can't play it because it was released directly from a team's twitter account so we can't monetize that footage but um, I think it's maybe something that has been a little overlooked 
in the offseason, potentially. Maybe not. But and and I hate to watch, you know, like a, a 90 second clip and, and overreact, but that's what we do. I mean, it's what happened last offseason when Ben Simmons Every time, like you mentioned, every time uh, an off-season video comes out and Ben Simmons hits a shot, it's like, Ben Simmons can shoot. Well, the Nuggets released some footage today from training camp, and maybe even was yesterday, and it just got big today, of Bull Bull uh, in training camp. And goddamn, that dude looks like an absolute monster. Like... I know it was only four clips or so, five clips, but like you think about it and you're like, Mason Plumlee's gone. Jeremy Grant's gone. We talk a ton about how Michael Porter Jr. has to step up and Michael Porter Jr. even came out and said, I'm going to be the, I'm ready to be the third star. Maybe it's Bull Bull. Maybe. So the question I, I pose is, are we not talking enough about the potential of Bull Bull being the breakout star in the NBA next year? Maybe. I mean, it's a, it's really, it's definitely flying under the radar. Um, it's for him, and I feel like it's always going to be this way until he proves it otherwise. It's going to be about strength, right? He's just so thin, um, and I mean, the skill is there. The skill is undeniable. And then at seven foot two, the way he moves is like breathtaking. It really is like. In that clip, I'm sure most people listening have seen it. There's just this kind of dribble through move and he pulls up and he looks like his his shooting form looks like Kevin Durant, to be totally honest, like with those super long arms, but it's still a good looking shot, which is rare. You know, most guys with very long arms don't have a pretty shot. Um, His looks good to me. I'm not saying he's the shooter Kevin Durant is. I'm just saying the skill wise, it's there. Um, If he got gets stronger and can defend fours and fives then yeah that this could be the breakout star that the nuggets could be terrifying if this guy takes a, a step forward along with michael porter jr yeah and i think interestingly i think he because he's so big and so long i don't think he has to get super strong i think he just has to get strong enough to where he doesn't get hurt because sure. it's not like the nba is not a post game like he's not guarding guys in the post, like banging, right? And he's so big and so long that even if a guy is stronger than him and they post him up and back him down, he's so long, he's going to disrupt everything. Like you're going to have to go around him to score on him. You're not going to back him down and, and take... And and you know what? If there are bigs in the league, I mean, Jokic is one of them who could probably score on him. So he doesn't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying like, uh, if you're going to play traditional back to the basket and worry about him getting banged on in the post, I'm okay with guys having to settle for hook shots over a bowl bowl. So I, strength, I'm not as concerned about, I, from that standpoint, guarding guys. I think he's going to be fine guarding guys. In fact, I think if he plays regular minutes, he's going to be top five in the NBA in blocks next year. He's just too big and too athletic. It's crazy. Um, but when I watch him, I'm not sure that I don't think because I'm looking at this list right now of got seven footers like sky seven two and above at his size. There's never been anybody like him that moves the way he does. You that mean? has like, the skills. Yeah, the closest thing I think you mentioned it. The closest thing that we've ever seen from a skill set standpoint at that at remotely close to that size is KD. 
And and I guess maybe what we saw a little bit of Anthony Davis in the in the finals, his ability to handle the ball. But Bobo is a child who hasn't even come into his own yet. And he's like handling the ball. He can go to the rim. He's pulling up from three. Like he's doing all these things. There's nobody seven foot two that has the skill set that he has. Like, and he's going to have to play. They, they lost two of their bit. I mean, Mason Plumlee is a big, and then Jeremy Grant played the four and the three for them. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle the rotations, but if he has any semblance of what they're showing in training camp, I mean, he, he that team is it. They're 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 going under the radar as with between him and Michael Porter Jr. entering into much bigger roles next year. Under the radar as maybe the most exciting team to watch, young team to watch. Definitely. I mean, Jesus, we, we've been talking about them for how many minutes now? We didn't even mention Jamal Murray. <laughs> Like, I mean, you, you mentioned Jokic and we mentioned all the, but Jamal Murray is, is still the second best player on the team. And then you've got uh, Bull Bull and Michael Porter Jr. And, you know, it looks like oh, it sucks they lost Jeremy Grant, but they get J- Michael Green, right? Like, oh, I, yeah, this, right. This, yeah. Team, this team can can challenge for the Western Conference. 100%. Yeah, well, and it's, it's the, well, it's interesting because Jamal, yes, Jamal Murray, we didn't mention him. Um, and he is the second best player on the team and Jokic is already a star and arguably the most skilled seven footer ever. Uh, but the difference when you're talking about those two and you're talking about Michael Porter Jr. and Bull Bull is with Michael Porter Jr. You're talking about a guy who we think could be a franchise player if he fully develops and he's the catalyst in terms of in the NBA, you need to have wing players who can score at any time, at any place on the floor, and can defend and do all those things to win. As long as LeBron's in the league and KD's in these wing players that dominate are in the league because there's so few of them. So he's more interesting to me because we don't know. And then Bull Bull, just purely off of the fact that we've literally, based on the limited amount of time we've seen him and the things we're seeing him do just in this little bit of tape, we have literally never seen a player in NBA history that is doing the things that he can do on a basketball floor at his size. Like he's like, he can't shoot it like Porzingis, right? But he can shoot the ball pretty well. He can't handle it like KD, but he does handle the ball pretty well. Like he's got a little bit of, and he's, but, and he's also so young. He's got all these little things that he's clearly not, like totally developed yet but for his size it's already further along than anybody anything we've seen the closest probably at that size is Porzingis and Porzingis can't handle the ball like that he might be the he might be the he's Porzingis is a better shooter no question right now because Porzingis is an incredible shooter especially from range but he can't he doesn't have the athleticism in the in the the ball skills that bull bull has and because of that that's where i'm like he could be the breakout star because if he even averages 16 points a game next year but he does some of those things we saw in those videos on twitter that's all i mean that's all anybody's gonna be talking about it you know Jokic could average a triple double michael porter jr 
could do what he does and average 25 if he becomes what we think he could. Jamal Murray could average 25 next year. If Bull Bull is getting steals at three-quarter court and taking him the length of the floor and crossing people over and dunking or pulling up from three at seven foot two, that's going to be the story of the NBA. It's exciting. Oh, man, I just wanted to get here. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, I mean, we're four Bull days Bull. away. I'm trying to think. Three we've days away. About Bull Bull. We've definitely talked about Bull Bull, not to the not to this length. But well, we, yeah, we, we talked about Bull Bull in the playoffs as yeah. a, we talked about him being our, their catalyst defensively, which is probably true because at the moment, or at least from what we saw in the playoffs last year with Denver, they don't have a rim protector. Like Jokic is not a rim protector. And the question becomes, do they, are they able to play together? Which with, with Jokic's skill set, I think they can. I do too. And especially with Jokic getting in better shape too. That's another huge, huge right. factor to me. If he can like reliably guard a four right now, hopefully. Yeah. And, and I think what goes under, what goes like, what, what probably gets forgotten about is it, it, we, it will depend how good Bol Bol is defensively in terms of protecting the paint, uh, rotating in pick and rolls when he's off the ball, shot blocking, all that stuff. Because like, for example, I would say just watching him, even when we watched him a little bit last year, watching him a little bit in college, he's probably a better athlete than Rudy Gobert, just in terms of pure athleticism. But because, but Rudy Gobert's impact is because, first of all, his instincts, but he's so damn big. Mm-hmm. Like, you can take chances defensively when you have Rudy Gobert in the game because you're not scoring at the rim with him there. That's what... Bull Bull brings to the table defensively potentially for this team because he's so big and he's so athletic and he moves so well. Mm -hmm. And then when you combine the fact that he has ball skills, he can shoot the ball and Jokic is the most skilled big in the NBA and he can shoot the ball. It's a scary concept to think like what these two guys could be together. Oh, and then, and then there's Michael Porter Jr. Who has the chance to be one of the best wings in the league. Oh, and there's Jamal Murray who was at, was like, consistently just scoring 50 point games in the playoffs. Like what a team, man. What yeah, it's crazy. Like Mike Malone might have like the funnest, the most fun job right now, uh, or maybe the most, uh, he's probably embracing it, but it's also got to be challenging. It, like there's a lot of, a lot of scoring potential there. You hope you get every drop out of it. Um, but I think it's, it's just going to be really fun to watch them. Yeah. And I, I, here's the other thing. When I look at this Denver team, I look at this Denver team and I'm like, I'm, I don't ever want anybody to tell me that you can't build successful teams in small markets. You just, it's, it's bullshit. Okay. Where does Denver rank? I, I genuinely don't know. I would have said they're like a mid market team, but Denver. they're small, it, small consider for an NBA team. They're not a team that free agents are going to go to. Right. Definitely. Right? So they either have to make the right trades or they have to make the right draft picks. And unlike, Sam Presti, when he did it, and they just got smoked every year, right? And dra- drafting in the top five three years in a row. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. was a guy who slipped in the draft. Bol Bol is a second-round pick. Jamal Murray was a lottery pick. And it was a good pick. Jokic was a late pick. Like, these aren't guys that were locks. This was talent evaluation. And they and all see... Player, player development, too. And player yeah. development. Mm-hmm. But... You know, at at some point, 
not everybody has the talent that these guys like not like you could say what you want about player development with Jokic, but like they're oh, that's yeah, a, that's, has, that's yeah, just no, a gift. I, I that's a gift. Um, and like you can't teach seven two, right? And be, being able to shoot now, like his dad Manupol could shoot the ball, and he was seven seven. So you know some of that's probably handed down, right? But it's just the idea that and like going and getting a guy like Will Barton, who is sort of an afterthought, uh, drafting a guy like Gary Harris, who fell a little bit because he stayed later in college, getting a guy like Monty Morris, who we talked about yesterday, who just re-signed for $9 million a year, who's one of the best backup point guards in the league. Like being able to evaluate, it's, 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 it's what the Heat do, right? Being able to evaluate the right people for the system, except as much as I think the Heat have a high ceiling because I think Bam can be a top 10 player and I love what Tyler Hero can become, Denver's like got four young guys who all could be all-stars. Like they could be a core of those four guys that could be four top 25 players in the NBA at some point. I am. I have to say I am surprised at this reaction to Bull Bull for how, for how brief the clip was. So he, he really blew you away. He blew me away too. Um, it just seems like your reaction to Bulbul seems more like something I would do <laughs> after seeing a 90 second clip and being like, holy shit. But well, I mean, it's not like you don't know what you're talking about. You've been evaluating NBA players for your, your adult life. Well, it's a combination, um, right? I think it's um, seeing him in the limited time that I've seen him play in the NBA and seeing him make an impact, seeing him when he was in the draft and the biggest concern was injuries and and could he stay healthy? And then I just watch clips like that. I'm like, God damn, we, we just forget like how good he is and how good he can be. And now he has no choice. Like part of it is excitement that we're going to see that this year. Mm-hmm. So part of me probably already thought that he could be great, right? Like watching him and that he has the talent and he has the most unique skill set. But because they he was not in the rotation last year, the excitement was tempered, but now with the guys out the door and him being a year older and them needing him to develop as a rim protector for them, my excitement level is kind of like, oh, wow, now he's going to play and he looks pretty damn good. He does. Yeah, man, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's fun. I mean, think about how fun it is watching Porzingis and I'm not saying he's Porzingis at all. I'm not saying that at all. But like Porzingis is seven three, and just watching him on the floor with the ability to shoot the ball and do things he can do, it's super fun. And it looks like Bolwell might be able to do just a, from a skill wise a little bit more, mm-hmm. and and almost definitely from an athletic like just the way he moves. That was the, my big takeaway. He he's moving very impressively. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at I'm again I'm looking at the seven two and above list. There's no one like it. There never has been. I don't even know if there has been at seven foot, really. KD, if you consider him a seven footer, he's pretty right. close. Giannis. Dirk. Well, in terms of athleticism, not skill, obviously. But Oh, Giannis, yeah. Yeah. In, I mean, in terms of his ability and, to get up and down the court and yeah. run and jump. Sure. But he's not even he's not listed at seven foot. But he Oh, he's not. Know. I thought he was at seven foot. Okay. I think he's like six ten, six eleven. I think he's like six eleven, but whatever. You're splitting hairs at that height, right? Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Katie probably in certain shoes is seven foot. Right. So I, so I, it's funny. I wouldn't normally lead off the show with bowl bowl, but I just, 
that that video went everywhere and everyone's excited about it. And I just was watching and I was like, man, I really, man, he's going to be fun. That team's going to be fun to watch. Uh, all right, let's talk about James Harden. Uh, (laughs) because we have (laughs) to, it sounds like a chore at this point. No, I'm excited about it. Are you? Because. Okay. Joey. He's expanded his list to include Philly reportedly. Right. Yeah. I put that. That's. Yeah. All right. So he is back. James Harden's back. He's in Houston. He's taken his COVID test. He is, I guess they are working on getting him through the protocol or something like that. Now, (laughs) Steven Silas did his post practice media. They asked him about it. He said, He's in Houston, so that's good. That's pretty much all I know. <laughs> like, it's not, it's wild. Uh, like you said, he has reportedly, apparent, according to the man who knows about basketball, Adrian Wojnarowski, he told this the, the Rockets that he is willing to get traded to Philly and other contenders. I saw some stuff earlier, someone saying that the Heat were on that list, but I don't know if that's official because it didn't come from Woj. There's another team, I think another Eastern Conference team. Now, I also read something that Tillman Fertitta not only doesn't want to trade him, but doesn't necessarily want to trade him to Philly because he doesn't want to trade him to Maury because Maury basically said, I'm taking a year off from basketball. Can you let me out of my contract? And then a week later went to Philly. So I think there might be a little bit of bad blood there. Also, Maury has been pretty insistent not trading Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. So trade... That doesn't get done, right? Um, I would also have to ask this question if you're Houston. Would you trade John Wall or James Harden for Ben Simmons when you just traded for John Wall? Um, well, yeah, just the age that, like, I feel like if I wouldn't because I don't like Ben Simmons that much, but I'm just saying Houston theoretically might not even, that might not even be a concern because they think John Wall's out the door as soon as his contract is up in two, three years, three years. And Ben Simmons is going to be their franchise guy. Right. So like, I don't think they would be too concerned about, Oh, these guys both need to handle the ball. I mean, they'll, if they have to tell John Wall to (laughs) just take a back seat, they're going to do it. I think Um, Mm -hmm. my, my concern just in, in terms of wanting James Harden to go to Philly is that it just seems like there's way better packages out there. Um, well, I don't think there is that. Well, here's the thing. The problem becomes this, and this is what everyone's been talking about. First of all, the Warriors were a team that people talked about and the Warriors reportedly are out. They don't want them. Okay. Um, so I think there's a couple things that go into it, but, but, but also let me just mention this. This is something that I hadn't seen before. Joe Varden from the athletic also said that, um, that Harden wanted Ty Lue. And that Tillman Fertitta wanted. <laughs> and because Fertitta didn't want Ty Lue, I don't know what happened with Van Gundy. It's starting to sound like my guy, Steven, was like, well, we can't get this guy and we can't get this guy, so let's just go with this guy. Um, but it, it doesn't sound like, it almost sounds like Harden was like, well, if it's not going to be Ty Lue, then it's not going to be Van Gundy. I want Steven Silas. But doesn't really want him. 
you know. Right. Just yeah, second. Yeah. Well, we talked about when they're during the coaching search, we talked about how unappealing of a job this was <laughs> because like it's such a log jam with the roster and you you're pretty much certain you're not going to win a title with Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Right. Um yeah, what, what is your gut? Do you oh, think he stays? The, my gut is that he gets traded before the season starts. Well, I think so. I think he gets traded before the season starts. Well, it's so weird because of um, for Tita's a wild card. I don't know. Like he keeps going on MSNBC or CNBC and, um, you know, talking about how he plans to keep Harden and they think they can win a championship and the Rockets organization seems very intent on keeping him. It's so I don't know. My instinct tells me that Harden's doing everything in his power. Well, actually not even my instinct. We're watching it unfold. See him not. Yeah, we can see him. He's doing everything in his power not to be on that team. But the problem becomes this. He makes a shitload of money. He has three years left on his deal. Uh, so if you are a young team with assets like the Hawks, are you willing to to give up a bunch of assets for James Harden if you don't know for sure that James Harden wants to be there or will sign another deal at the end of this or sign an extension? And if you're not, he has insisted that he wants to play for a title contender. How many title contenders are there out there that can make this deal even happen with the right right assets and the right money? So the thing to me is, yes, it, it, it would seem like there are better packages out there than what Philly can offer. But I don't know, because I think ultimately if the Rockets, if they feel like he's just going to be a pain in the ass and it's going to fuck up their season, they eventually might just have to take what they can get, so to speak. That's Which, what I'm saying. Yeah, and but then they're going to get a haul. Like they do have. I think they have leverage because there no, are but, but multiple I'm, teams. But I'm I'm saying, are there teams that could compete for a title that he wants to play for that can give them a better package than Ben Simmons and whatever else? The Nets, I think that that's the other team to me because it just depends, like whether you're so all in on Ben Simmons or you say okay. Karis Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Jared Allen looks really good. Um, so I, I think that's where they have leverage, leverage in the sense that there's two teams out there that can give you really good packages. And, dude, like the Hawks, really I don't know. I guess it it is interesting yet. Yeah, like James Harden, if he's like, I don't want to play for the Hawks, then the Hawks, they're going to know that, and they might not offer. You might not get the best possible offer out there, um, but – to me, if you're the Rockets, yeah, I think it's like we gotta we gotta get some. The writing's on the wall. You're not gonna win a title with a James Harden that doesn't want to play for you. It's not gonna happen, you know, mm-hmm. unless something changes dramatically. So, get a great haul for this guy. It's out there. I know it's out there. Whether it's Brooklyn, Philly, or some dark horse, like they need to go get a shitload of young players. And that's the other thing. We're not talking about like three future first round picks. Like they're gonna get young talent, which is way more appealing in my opinion well if, if they really don't want to rebuild which is part of what silas said today is that part of what made him want to be there i think what made him want to be there is wanting to be an nba head coach but part of what made him excited about being there was that they're not rebuilding that they're bringing in guys and they're still trying to compete so yeah i think they want to get you know a uh 
get young players, like you said, and be able to still try to compete. Uh, the other thing that Harden did today, which I think is fat, it's 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 such a clear thing, like what he's doing. So like in the off season, when we get back to camp, everyone's like, like you saw John Wall and Boogie posting the picture of them in their practice jerseys. See all these teams with players posting pictures in their new jerseys and their city edition and this edition and that edition. James Harden today posts this picture uh, on Twitter. <laughs> it's just him. No, I, saw it in the run, I saw in the rundown Harden posted picture in all Adidas gear, but I didn't think it was going to look like that. I mean, it's just him. Uh, it's just him in an Adidas hoodie. With like a, a whitish grayish background, and he looks like he just did something illegal somewhere. I don't know. He he looks weird. Well, he always kind of makes faces like that. But yeah. he, but the funny thing is, is he's in full workout gear. Like he's wearing the long compression pants. He's wearing basketball high socks, basketball shoes, bat shorts, and a and a hoodie. But everything, like you said, it's all white background. No. Rockets, no anything. The only logos you see in the entire thing are the Adidas logo and the NBA logo on the ball. This is a clear message from James Harden of his intention to not be a rocket. On the same yeah. day that he reportedly, or not reportedly, that he is back in Houston going through the protocol to to, to supposedly go be in training camp with his team. Right. So is there any word on it? Like he still has to quarantine, right? Like he can be there. Like, I don't think well, he can practice anytime soon, right? Well, I, At least I, this week? I don't know. I mean, I think if he, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. They, they're I no he one, quarantine for a couple, at least a week or something. I guess. But they also said he, he's testing for, he, he's doing COVID tests. So I don't know if they're going to just let him practice if he tests negative. Gotcha. I don't know. I would think that the league wants him to be playing just as much as Houston does. I mean, he's one oh, of the faces. Yeah. Um, I also think that the market for him is probably dwindling, dwindling a little bit because people don't want to have him because he's showing to be a pain in the ass. Really? I don't know. Like who, like who do you think wouldn't want him now? Is it like, like I would be, I mean, look again, like I would be pretty surprised to see the heat make a deal for him. I guess I was always, I just never thought that was going to, cause that would involve giving up Tyler hero and. And right, but if he's but if he's the guy to take you to win you two more games in the finals, then you do it. But yeah, you know all this shit now. I don't know, man. I mean, at Philly, it makes sense because they're a mess, anyways. But teams that aren't a mess, like it, it feels like maybe like like the Warriors, for example. Why did the Warriors pull out? Maybe because of the clay. Maybe because Clay's injured and they don't know what their future holds. But also, like, if they could trade like Wiggins and Wiseman in a future pick for him, what what would they be this year? I don't know. So, I mean, I'm not totally convinced the Warriors are out. That that would be that'd be crazy to me if the Warriors are like, no, we're not trading, we're out. What if Uh, what if the genius, the genius that is Sam Presti, knew all along? He knew this years ago that really James Harden was this complete asshole, and he was like, this guy doesn't fit Oklahoma City culture. I'm, get him out of here. That'd be amazing. You know, okay, if if Harden retires without a ring, then that's got to be a little notch on his belt then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, Presti's going to retire without a ring too, so. Well, he already has the ring for most first-round picks in history. That's true. So what ring are we talking about? I mean, 
the it's one, all relative for this guy. Yeah. The one ring to rule them all. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, he's got that. But yeah, he's not gonna get an NBA title. I don't yeah. think. Um, all right. I'm skipping the ESPN shit. The top okay. hundred players. I think that's because without the full list, we can't really, you know. Well, the only thing I was the main reason that it stuck out to me was Lonzo Ball being fifty fourth ahead of many other players that are clearly substantially yeah. better than Lonzo Ball at this point in his career. And Patrick Beverly still being in the top hundred is crazy to me. He stinks. Yeah. That's pretty ignorant. Um, but let's. That's, uh, okay, uh, sorry. Yep. Yeah, no, no, we don't need to talk about it. Um, I want to talk about the because I want to talk about the LeBron James stuff. And that is really interesting. So he was on uh, road tripping Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry's podcast, and there's a couple things that he said. Two things specifically. It, it was a two part interview. And every time he does like a long form interview, that's not his show, like barbershop or whatever. It's just like, man, this guy is so smart. Um, and you can just tell he's so all the people who say like LeBron's not as competitive as MJ and cut dude, people are insane. You just listen to the guy talk and you can just tell like his whole life is competing. Like he, all he cares about is winning. And it's not just like, like, winning on and off the court. Like everything to him is just like, I got to be the best at everything I do. And it's, I, you can't get to where he is and not be that guy. But when you, you just listen to him talk, there was a funny moment. And I think it didn't even get caught. Like most people probably didn't notice it, but I, I did because I think we've even sort of alluded to this on the show before about LeBron, about how he, he hears everything and sees everything. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a point where Richard Jefferson was and and, uh, the Allie Clifton, who's the host or co-host or whatever, they mentioned something that happened on the podcast, and LeBron's like, "Yeah, I was, I, I saw when you said this on the podcast or whatever." And and Richard Jefferson's like, "Damn, you saw that?" And they all start joke laughing, and LeBron just very quickly goes, "I see everything." <laughs> and I was just like, "Yeah, you fucking, you do see everything, don't you?" Like I told you that this, he's, I, I've said before, he reads and sees everything. Um, but because there's only so many hours in a day, that's why it's insane. Yeah, but some players are like, I don't care, I don't see that. You know, people, I don't care what people say. Like, like for example, the Heat, right? There was these reports that people around the league thought that the Heat thing was a fluke, right? So all these Heat players have been asked, like, what did you think about this? And they're like, we don't worry about what people outside the organization say. We don't read it. You know, that's like the typical line. Yeah. LeBron's like, no, no, I see it all. And which is great that he admits it, but he, 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 but he's smart about it. Like he doesn't like lash out or any of that stuff, but he does. And, but he strikes me as a guy who wants to see it all because he wants to be a step ahead of everybody. Mm -hmm. And he also is probably collecting stuff to motivate himself as well. I I truly believe that. Sure. Um, Which is crazy. Well, I guess like when you get to that level of success, you need to keep like little things to keep motivating you maybe. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So one of the things he said in there was, they started talking about the goat conversation kind of right. And he was basically saying like, it was interesting because they were kind of talking about how like in other sports, they don't debate the goat as much as it happens in basketball. Like it, he was like saying in football, you know, sometimes they debate the best quarterback, but it, they don't ever really debate best player. Like, you know, they'll debate like Brady and Manning and those guys, but not like best player hockey. There's never a debate. It's always Wayne Gretzky Baseball, you know, they mentioned somebody, but I was, he said, you know, it's 
it's always going to be, he said, he's always going to be a debate in basketball. Who's the best ever. He said, the thing that he knows for sure is that he was a part of the two hardest championships in NBA history. Coming back from three, one against the 73 and nine warriors in 2016 and last year in the bubble. And he said, that's a fact. That's bold. That's bold. LeBron. Sure, people take have an issue with that. <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree. Um, I mean, I well, it's I don't know. I don't know if I agree or disagree, but it's definitely not a fact because there's no way to quantify it. But yeah. uh, a lot of players have said that last year in the bubble was the hardest situation they've been in in terms of being professional athletes. Okay, but I, my devil's advocate, like for that, is everybody was in this. Everyone was in the bubble. You know, it's not like. But when they're not in the bubble, then everyone's not in the bubble. I just mean, like, it's not like LeBron and the Lakers were up against something that the rest of the league wasn't. Like, right. the 3-1 still, thing, you know. Yeah, but I don't think that's what he's saying. He's not saying it was the hardest for him. He's saying it's the hardest for anybody. Okay. I just feel like the, the, the bubble, like, as difficult and crazy as it was, and it, but it was, a, it was still an even playing field. Like, it was... Um, I think the 3-1 was sort of enhanced the fact that they beat the team with the best record in NBA history. I think that's probably yeah. part of what he was saying too. Yeah. Is that not only did we come back from three, one, but either way we would have had to beat the bet, the team with the best record in NBA history. Right. So I think that's where he meant. I think it was like a combination thing. Right. That team was 73 and nine. They weren't supposed to lose. Obviously they're up three, one. Uh, yeah. So it's just interesting because you know, you know, like you listen to him, you're like, you know that he thinks he's the best ever. Oh, yeah. When you hear stuff like that, he thinks he's the best ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, like you said, he he wouldn't have become what he is if he didn't want to be. You know, it's probably been his life's mission since he, like, picked up a basketball. Um, Sure. It's pretty... uh, that's pretty cool. That's a that's a badass. Whether I agree with it or not, it's badass, like, to state that as a fact. And that yeah, he I've thinks about that. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that he has had the thought in his mind, like, I've won the two. Not, also, he's, won, he's he has four. So, he's, like, not even thinking about the Heat titles. <laughs> but, right. um, but just the fact that he, that he thinks about it, and in his mind, he's like, two hardest titles ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the other one that, well, there's a few other things that he talked about, but the, the they started talking about Kyrie, and Richard Jefferson asked him about Kyrie's comments that when he when he got KD, remember the, that he looked down the bench and he's like, "I finally have a guy who I trust who, who can also hit shots at the end of the game." Yeah. That's one of the more ignorant things on Kyrie's long list of ignorant so, shit. So LeBron was. It was amazing, man, listening to him talk about Kyrie Irving. It, it really was. Like, he was gushing about Kyrie Irving. Like, basically said that part of the reason he went back to Cleveland was because he saw what the talent that Kyrie had, and he still thinks Kyrie is one of the best, like, one of the most talented players he's been around. And he said he told Kyrie when he got there that if he never wins league MVP, then he's selling himself short. And that... Like, there's just not guys who can do the things that he can do. It was just listening to him. He's like, I cared about him. He's like, at the end, of, you should watch the clip when you get a chance. He's like, at the end of the day, I cared about his success on the court. I cared about his success off the court. All I wanted for him was to be an MVP and to win an NBA championship. I really, he, it was just like, it's like 
people are going to say what they want about LeBron. Some people think he's full of shit. Some people love him. You know, he's polarizing. It seemed very genuine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he got to the point where he was just like, yeah, so when I heard that, I was hurt a little bit. Which is... That, that is really interesting. I've always kind of wondered this. When Kyrie forced his way out of Cleveland, I've always wondered if it was because his relationship with LeBron was so intense and so much to live up to that it cracked him, you know? And I, I mean, we know how intense LeBron is. I mean, that's like, if you watch him speak and play basketball. And so now LeBron's saying, if you don't win league MVP, you're, you're not living up to your potential. Like that's just a little anecdote of what Kyrie probably had to go through for years. I could see somebody cracking under that. I mean, you're talking about either the best player or the second best player of all time saying, you should be league MVP this year. And probably every time. I don't think he was saying this year. No, no. But in your career, like he's basically telling you your potential is as high as it gets. Um, And you know, the state, like I'm sure, I'm sure LeBron loves him. LeBron's called him his little brother so many times, but like the flip side of that is how, how much they probably butted heads and how angry LeBron probably got when he thought Kyrie wasn't living up to his potential and stuff. Um, I think that's revealing those comments. I mean, I, I definitely think it had a lot to do with Kyrie being like, fuck, I can't, I can't be in this situation. I huh. got to get out of here. Um, it's interesting. Speculation, but that's how I interpret. That's how I've always interpreted it. If that's, this- if that's the case, then, then if, if that's true, which is obviously speculation and it's just how you interpret it, but it's very possible. Then it just would confirm what I've always thought about Kyrie is that he's an app. He's a loser. <laughs> yeah. And I don't mean that like, Oh, he's a nerd or whatever. I, I mean like a loser, like he has a loser's mentality. Uh, yes, he won a title and he hit a big shot, one of the biggest shots ever. But if you get the best player on the planet on your team, you're a title contender every year and you can't handle that he thinks you should be league MVP, then you're a loser. You're a talented loser, super talented loser, but a loser nonetheless. And it makes me really fear, not fear, I'm not actually scared, but like, you might be right about the Nets. Like, maybe, now again, if KD is KD, then that can solve a lot of things, right? Because we've seen Kyrie do it before with another generational player. But if KD is not KD 100%, then Kyrie's loserness could could really mess this thing up. I think that's where it's headed. I really do. And I've been steadfast with that. I'm bracing for having to admit I'm wrong, but I think we're, we're headed for disaster in Brooklyn. Well, all I'll say is this. If you if you go and watch this interview with LeBron and you don't like him, like you you're not, you don't find him likable and you don't find like the things he says in the like this this stuff, you're just a hater. <laughs> I mean, you just are. Like it's hard to watch him and be like, not be like, "Oh, this guy's this guy's good for the league. He's good for the sport." And he, he, all, all he's ever done is do well by the sport. You could hate that he left your team, hate that he went to a team that you liked whatever. The guy is is awesome. Um, they did talk about Space Jam. He did give a little insight into it. It does sound very corny. I'm not sure I even want to know. I have strong feelings about Space Jam, and I think this is uh, you don't touch the classics. Space Jam is you don't want to know movie. at all. You don't want to know what, he, what... Uh, dude. I I when I heard that there was the sequel, I was bummed. You just, you don't mess with the mortal He didn't movies. give the whole Space plot. Well, actually, he did give away a lot. He did give away a lot of the plot. What is it? Um, 
Well, he started off by saying it's a family movie, which is okay. never a good sign. Um, I don't think they go to space. I don't think there's actually like space. He said they play. He said there is a basketball game and they do play against a team that is out of this world. I don't know what that means. Well, there better be aliens. But he said the 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 story is about him and his son and him trying to force his son to play basketball instead of listening to his son and allowing his son to do what he's actually great at. So it's like a lesson. Like the movie's like about the relationship between the father and the son. This movie's going to suck ass, Joey. I can basically guarantee that right now. That's not good. That's not good news to me. I that's why when I was taking notes as I was watching the interview, I wrote, you could see it in the rundown. Space Jam sounds a little corny. I think it's gonna be a huge misfire. And bastardizing the original like by putting the name space jam on it if there's not aliens i'm gonna be pissed i'm telling you right now i think it's called it's not space jam he was very clear in saying it's not space jam 2 okay it's space jam a new legacy or something like that okay it sounds like it if it wasn't lebron it'd be straight to dvd if if dvds Uh, are even a thing anymore i guess vod dvds aren't really (laughs) uh I don't know. We have to watch it. That, that could be a fun episode. Of course. A, a reaction. A reaction to that where we do the commentary. Well, I guess we could probably get sued for that. But oh, we, 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 wouldn't, we wouldn't do live. Yeah. I mean, we could if we have enough of an audience at that at by that time, maybe we could do like a watch along. Yeah. This movie's going to re- be really, really bad. I'm, I'm more confident in that than any of my over under picks, any of my anything on this show. OK. So, yeah. I'm not super excited about it either. One, uh, he did also say that, which was really cool, or I thought it. I mean, it, it would have been cool. He's trying. He was trying to start, you know, like Jordan Brand. He was trying to start within Nike Team LeBron, and he tried to get, he tried to get Luca to be the the face, like the first guy to be Team LeBron. Wow. And I guess his people at Nike dropped the ball because they didn't see it or something like that. Even though he's with Nike and now he's with Jordan Brand. But like something happened and his people weren't able to get it done or something. I don't know. Wow. Uh, he tried to do that because because he said he sees a lot of himself in Luca. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people see that. Yeah. that that's that's kind of and it falls right in line with our recent conversation about face of the league in five years. Yeah. Uh, Imagine if he would have been Team LeBron, like what that would do just for his stock, like being yeah. the face of Team LeBron. Yeah. Would have been awesome. Uh, that's pretty much it. They got into a big debate about Red Vines versus Twizzlers. I saw that. I figured that's that uh, was a big debate. Just looking at it on the rundown here. Licorice is gross no matter what brand it is, isn't it? I can't say I've ever had a Red Vine. Yeah, I think I it's only in certain places. The only Twizzlers I like are the pull and peel ones that are basically, they're not even licorice. They're just like gummy candy. Yeah, licorice kind of sounds gross too. I don't like gummy candy. Oh, okay. But well, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> wrong about what? You're wrong. That wrong for not liking gummy candy. I don't really like candy. Like okay. I, I mean, I, I mean, I well, like chocolate is considered candy, but I don't like. Can- you don't like like um, yeah, like gummy like yeah, like candy. Skittles? What? Do you like Skittles? I could eat a Skittle. I'm not like a big Skittle. I'm not like a Skittle guy. I'm not gonna sit here and eat a bag of Skittles. You wouldn't get excited if somebody came and hand you a, handed you a bag of Skittles. No, wow, that's wild. Okay, 
I mean, I don't know that I would get excited over any bag of candy if someone was just like, here's a bag of candy. Somebody, there's not a candy bar out there that you'd get excited about if somebody... I would have to be in the mood for a candy bar. Wow, I'm not always wild. in the mood for a candy bar. There's a lot about you and a lot about me, probably, that I'm this passionate about that. No, no, I, think I'm prob- I think you're probably more normal in that respect than I am. I think like if you ask any person, most people, and you're like, if I, if I could give you a candy bar right now, what would it be? Or, you know, what would you be excited about? People would be like, yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. You know, but I, I don't know. I have, I think I actually, I could probably couldn't even tell you my favorite candy. Cause I just, I'm not like a big candy guy. So I like candy. I like certain candies. They all have to have chocolate. Interesting. But I don't know, like, like hardcore favorite. Probably don't have one. Butterfinger's up there. That, that wouldn't even crack my top 10, to be honest with you. That, that's that's okay. That's wild to me. Um, I mean, Snickers. You can't go wrong with a Snickers. Yeah, that's number one for me. Wait, how, how... I mean, I get... So you don't like peanut butter? No, I love peanut butter. But Butterfinger... It's a so how do you go... How can a Snickers and a Butterfinger be 10, pe- 10 apart? They just are. Butterfinger gets they both, stuck. They have, they have like core tenets that are the same. Like chocolate oh, and peanuts. Is fundamentally different than a Snickers. Chocolate and peanuts. Butterfingers don't have peanuts. You're, you're it's not even peanut butter. Of right it's like peanut butter flavored. It's not a Butterfinger. It's like. What, what does the butter stand for? I don't know, but it's not. Pe- there's no peanuts. It's not peanut flavor. It's But the flavor is peanut butter. It's like peanut butter flavor. I haven't had one long enough, but it's not. It's like something totally different. What is it then? It's not it, peanut. Just, Maybe it's peanut butter ish. But yes. And what is peanut butter made from? Peanuts. But they're two different substances. They're, they're one's derivative of the other. Butterfinger. Now I'm Googling. Yeah, it. I'm looking too. If there's anyone still listening to this, I mean, God bless you. Hold on. The bar, cons- the bar consists of a layered, crispy peanut butter core covered in chocolate. Okay, peanut butter. There's no peanut butter involved in a Snickers. There's peanut it's, and there's caramel. I know, but... What the fuck are you talking? What are you trying to tell me that there's no peanuts and peanut butter? Is that what you're trying to say? No, I'm uh, in the peanut butter they use for a butterfinger. It's so it, it's but not the even core. But the core, there's two core things in a in a butterfinger: chocolate and peanut butter. But it's like rock hard toffee ish peanut butter. It's not. Well, it's not toffee because toffee is a flavor. It's toffee ish. Peanut butter and chocolate, and Snickers has three core things. It's not caramel; it's nougat. <laughs> you know way more chocolate about- and peanuts and nougat. All right, I'm gonna, we're going to take two steps back. I know we're going to wrap up. Main point is that a Butterfinger and a Snickers taste nothing alike, and that's why they can be ten spots away. Yeah, but you're you probably have a bunch of like sugary, like gross, chewy shit in the middle. Yeah, so <laughs> so it th- so what's weird to me is that they would be so separated from each other when they're so much more similar than all the shit you have in the middle. Well, one's good and one sucks. That's that's really Well, that's your opinion. Okay. I mean, you said I was wrong. I'm not even going to say you're wrong because hey, it's an opinion. Okay. But this might be the most heated debate on the show and it's not even <laughs> close to basketball. Uh I, it's yeah. I mean, we're we're it's a another long episode because of it 
But yeah. it's very strange to me how you don't see that there, that there are core principles in both candy bar. If you take enough steps backward, sure. But th- for them to be so <laughs> separate from each other. They don't taste alike. I didn't say they tasted alike. Okay. They don't taste alike. All right, I'll let you have the last word, Joey. <laughs> okay. What are, hold on. Name, what's number two? Because you were so quick to say Snickers was one and Butterfinger's not even in your top 10, which makes me think you have a ranking. Like Gummy Bears is probably number two. Gummy Bears are delicious. Like, is there a brand? Like, Harbor. You're, what? Yeah. Harbro or Har Harbro. Har- 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 I don't. I Har- really don't know if what come the R or the I comes first. Harbro, like Haribo, maybe. I think it's Haribo. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it is it's definitely Haribo. Okay. But yeah, that's number two, and then there's like a crunch, crunch bars in there, uh, Milky Way's in there. So you're a chocolate uh, guy. Nerd's Rope is in there. No, I'm all over. Oh, what the fuck is Nerd's Rope? Fantastic. That sounds disgusting. It does. What is it? It's you know what nerds are, right? Yes. So it's like a gummy rope just covered in nerds. All right. Make sure you rate, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review or a comment down below about candy or whatever else you want to leave it about. And uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Later. Later.